my hiatus due to people going away, people coming back, and me having to uh, go off and see a ginger fella perform at Wembley. I'm referring to Ed Sheeran. Apologies if he's listening. No offence, Mr Sheeran. Um, I'm joined by one by one other member this week, unfortunately, because um, the uh, the rest of the Real Good Podcast members are scattered to the wind. But the one still standing is Ross Siegel. <laughs> Say hello, Ross. Hi, Stan. Hi, everyone. How have you been, mate? Have you missed, been... have you missed us? It, do you know what? It's been quite a nice break. It's, it's, I mean, oh, right. <laughs> no, I, I, feel, I feel refreshed. I think, I think it'll be better for the podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm looking, you know, every cloud's got a silver lining. Oh, How have right. you been? How, how's your break been? I'm all right, mate. Well, it's all right. Um, I was a bit annoyed because obviously when I came, came to London and um, was so close to seeing you. Because yeah. I've, 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 what folks don't know that listen to this is that me and Ross have actually seen each other for probably about, it's not going on a year, but it's, it's not far off, I'd say now, is it, mate? Yeah, pro- probably about a year. No, it probably is about a year, isn't it? Mm. Um, I've missed I've missed his hairy face, um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so this is our this is our weekly catch up, but we're going to wedge some film chit chat in between as we always try and do. Um, the first thing we're going to get out of this, out of our system because it's been bubbling away. We've talked about it like in messages and stuff, um, but we've not had a chance to talk about it on the podcast. Much like we didn't for the first trailer, but the. Um, for those that are still trying to wrap their head around it, the Batman vs Superman trailer got out officially after Comic Con, um, yeah, almost like three weeks ago now. Um, <laughs> so we, you say we are a, we are a bit behind, but we still think it's probably the best trailer we've seen in a good while. Would you not agree, Mister Siegel? It was until the next trailer that we'll speak about came out, in my opinion. But ah, I, I, really? We yeah, won't get to that yeah. one. We won't get yeah, to that one I, just yet. I really like the other one. But no, this one I really liked. So it was good. Like, one thing that they do do. do? What do they do do, Ross? Yeah, they do do very good trailers, I'd say. Like Zack yeah. Snyder films. Yeah. Um, I think of Super, uh, the first Superman that he did. The trailer, like, especially the first one, I loved. Um, and this one, like, like all trailers, it gives way too much away. But it, it got you excited. I thought it was really good. And, you know, you saw more of um, Jesse Eisenberg's character as well. Obviously, uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah, so, and that, and he he looks creepy um, and interesting. So yeah, he got he got two thumbs up from me. It's funny that you mentioned Jesse Eisenberg looking creepy because I think overall, really, I think it's just interesting the direction they're taking everything because Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor doesn't look like the sort of tyrannical, like hand rubbing sort of genius that I've come to know in like the various representations of of what we've seen sort of Lex Luthor in. Like he's not the I don't know, he always seemed like a like a what if Bruce Wayne went bad sort of character. He's got that sort of presence, I've thought yeah. anyway. And with this he's completely opposite. He is he, you know, we a lot the the constant the com, common consensus um when it first revealed with him with a with a bold head, which again we haven't seen in the trailer because he's got a full head of hair, but it in was a like a pretty oh, awful wig. In a pretty, yeah, it is, it is pretty, it is pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think it's interesting that you know a majority of people were like, oh god, so you know Superman's going up against Mark Zuckerberg, and you know it was a joke, and then you saw the trailer and thought, you know what, it's not far off. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's got sure. that sort of quirky, like you say, sort of creepy. 
characteristic he, he, that obviously yeah. we're not saying Mr. Zuckerberg has, because um, again, he's probably one of our common listeners if he's listening. Um, <laughs> he's you know it, it, not that yeah. it's just that very antisocial, but sort of and he, yeah, there's he, a deviousness to him as well. Um, so yeah, I'm intrigued. I mean, I think I think he'll be good, and it'll be interesting to see him opposite um, Henry Cavill, who's obviously playing like this iconic sort of superhero. Yeah. Um, so the contrast will be interesting, but the one thing that I think a lot of people will be sort of at ease about now is seeing Ben Affleck more as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the 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 footage showed like him, you know, the whole the, the amazing shot of him running into that um, that dust cloud and then sort of standing amongst the rubble of what was a Wayne Wayne Enterprises sort of building. Um, what did you make of it? Um, I, like the, that shot that you spoke about, where it was obviously it just didn't get cut. Him him running into the smoke cloud. Um, yeah, all of it like great. Like I was thinking, how are they going to inter- interact the storyline of Superman destroy destroying half the city without it feeling like oh really just covering up your own mistakes? Yeah, but it did feel even just from the trailer, it felt oh no, this could actually be really interesting. Yeah, you know, it's it's quite there's something to like something to it. It's just not just the surface. But I'm I'm a big Affleck fan. I think, you know, I think he looks perfect for the role, like a uh, an older Batman. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering. Now we're going to get onto the Suicide Squad in, in a minute. In the Suicide Squad trailer, obviously, see a little bit of Batman. Yeah. In the Superman v Batman trailer, on Batman's suit, there's something about a joke, isn't there? Well, yeah. Looks- it's his hat. It's uh, it's not, it's on it's not on Batman's suit. It's on um Robin's. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. Have you not? Did you not? Have you not read sort of the stuff about this as well? No, no, no. I just right. watched the trailer. So basically, so please tell me more. Nick. Um, <laughs> so basically, in the in the trailer, you see sort of um, Bruce sort of in his back cave. Um, one thing to point out as well is you, you know doesn't look like it's been sort of ditched for a while because the whole thing about about Dawn of Justice is that Bruce is essentially going to reestablish. He's gonna he's gonna put the cow back on basically and become become Batman again. So, yeah. but having said that, the Batcave looks pretty polished. You know, he's kept it in good condition. Yeah. But the one thing, like you say, st- that stood out was when, as he's talking about how many good people are left in Gotham. Um, there's a shot of looks to be Robin's costume with ha 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 jokes on you. Um, yeah. Which is obviously a there's only one person that can put that could put put it there. Um, Who's obviously who's obviously the Joker who's turning up in Suicide Squad, and I think it's great that already they're sort of suggesting. Whereas Marvel, which is let's face it, that's the competition. It's going to be what they do and how they do it. Um, whereas Marvel sort of have left breadcrumbs throughout their films only briefly. They see that like this seems to be making such a strong effort to go. This is a universe that's been going a while, even though this is the second of of however many films they've got planned. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. No, like whereas, whereas Iron Man left it with, I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative, that was the thing that blew everyone's minds, whereas already I think they've realised that, okay, we've got competition that have already built this world, but we're, we're going to build one that could just, that may very well be a, a lot stronger. Um, and that's something that we saw, um, like you say, in the Suicide Squad trailer, which is, for those that don't know, is almost an anti an anti super team consisting of villains that are forced to work um for the government on sort of do or die missions. 
um, got Jared Leto, Will Smith, um, Margot Robbie, and Jai Courtney. But don't let that put um, you know. You hold hate Jai Courtney, don't you? I don't hate him, mate. It's you just do. like I want him to be in a good film, and I want I want to watch a film and go. You know what? Fair enough. I can see why everyone was trying to force you into every film. Um, <laughs> you are good after all, but I ain't seen it yet. Um, you know, God, anyone that saw Terminator Genesis will be fully aware of that. Um, but yeah, in terms of Suicide Squad, so you think it's actually better than, than the Dawn of Justice trailer, yeah? Yeah, I just, I just liked it that it was different. You know, I hadn't seen a trailer, a trailer like that for a huge blockbuster film for ages. I can't even remember the last time there was one like it. Just obviously the different feeling to it. And it wasn't the slap bang wallop action sequence that loads of other trailers have for, for all these kind of superhero films. Right. Um, yeah, I just, I just and it gave you gave you everything. Like it didn't show you too much, and it showed you just that little bit of the joke, the Joker to get you really, you know, um, interested in it. Okay, um, I loved it. I thought I thought it was great, and yeah, everyone obviously kind of focused completely on Margot Robbie more than anyone, I'd say, and she yeah. looked brilliant in it. Um, and yeah, it just gave. I thought it set it up really, really nicely. Did, did you not think? Do you not enjoy it more than Superman? Batman? I don't know. It's weird. It's weird that you've you've said that because I was I'm I'm reverse. I was more impressed with Dawn of Justice than I was Suicide Squad. Um, Interesting. I don't know why. I don't know what it was. I don't. I, you know, not to say that you know Jared Leto's Joker didn't look good. It do, he does. He does look really good. Um, I don't know. I think the more the the main reason I'm so excited for Dawn of Justice is purely the fact the the plan they seem to have constructed. Or linking it to Man of Steel, yeah, like to see that whole sequence of Bruce like running around and trying to sort of, you know save whoever he's trying to save on the phone. Um, I'm just really excited to see how that film's going to start. Like I, my my sort of, I, I'd love the idea of the film actually starting with Bruce Wayne sort of in a board meeting or a business meeting or something, and he's sort of wandering around and there's this almighty explosion and you see sort of Superman fly by with like battling Zod. I just think that's a really good. That'd be a really clever way to sort of just go right into it, boom. And yeah. then, you know. Um, but with Suicide Squad, I think it's interesting as well that you've picked that one purely because you've said in a numerous podcasts that with you and comic book films, you you sort of, you know, you're not as in tune as me, admittedly. Yeah. And yet that's one that's full of obscure characters that you're not aware of. And yet you're yeah. still, is that, is that, do you think that's what's intrigued you more? Because yeah. you don't I... know the people? Potentially, potentially. Um, I just think it was just the style of the trailer. Um, right. And I had just watched, I think when, the, when I first watched the trailer, the night before, I just watched Fury. Obviously, the same right. director. And I was really surprised by Fury. I, I, in, I wouldn't say enjoyed it, because it's a weird, war films are weird to say you enjoy them. Mm. But I thought it was much better than, than I thought it would be. So I yeah. was just thinking, so obviously the only thing I had about the Suicide Squad in my head was the picture of, of Jared Leto and the picture of the rest of the cast. I thought, do you know, what? it looks just too looks too much like a comic book, like a kids' comic book. Yeah. And I, I know it looked a bit darker, but just from the pictures, what I got of it, because I'm a huge Dark Knight fan, so I thought it was going from one extreme to the other, to like the 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 realism to just I'm trying to think of the word here. Comic just book. To, not so much comic book, but just to yeah, all right, we'll go with comic book. Um, <laughs> That's it. Comes it. Later, there you go. For the realism, just to the uh, just just to the ridiculous, if you, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's but gone then, from serious to absurd, basically. Yeah, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, Do you know what? I think not so much improved wrong, but this is the first time I've seen it. 
as something that wasn't just a picture. I just thought it looked really, really good. Don't get me wrong, I think it looks much darker than I think the film will be. I can't see them making a film that, for my it was hinting towards it being quite adult t- tones and really yeah. quite vicious in some of it. And if, they, if you're going to make, if you're one of these studios, you're making a big blockbuster film that you want really kids to see, they're going to yeah. have to damp it down and cut loads out of it. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if, if what the actual film looks like. But just from the trailers, it was just something different. Like, this, I mean, sorry, carry on. No, go on, go on. So, like, the Superman-Batman one, I think I still had that the first Superman film looping over it when I watched it. Right. So, as much as I was excited, I didn't want to get too excited because I like the trailer to, to the first film. Yeah. And I like the first half of the first film, probably much more than most people, but in the second half, just completely the other way. Yeah, no, so this you, one, I'm, I'm just hoping. I'm, I'm just hoping that it it is better, especially the ending. That these fight scenes aren't just stupid fight scenes that you'll see in a Transformer film. Yeah, you, know, they, they, you, you want you you want something a bit better, really, um, with a bit more weight to it. But this Suicide Squad it just looks. I like the idea of having these anti-heroes and that yeah. you're going to be rooting for them, even though you know you probably shouldn't be. And it's quite interesting that if they're making it the same universe. Obviously, yeah. Superman and Batman are going to collide with the Joker and the rest of them. Yeah. And it'll probably be a film where they're going to be the proper villains, not an anti-hero. You're going to be rooting against them. Well, it's interesting great... to see how people... It's a bit like, Term, like Terminator. Kind of first film, you hated him. And then second film, you love him. You know, yeah. that's the way they want, want you to be. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Well, I think the clever thing that they've done... Um, that again sort of goes against Marvel's route but still is just as just as well competes with it is these are all villains for different heroes so as a result you could see those hero those villains in different films so yeah. for example obviously you're going to see you've got to see Joker in a Batman film do you know what I mean you're not going to see him in a, in a, in a Superman film but yeah. as well as that with Batman you've got Joker Harley Quinn Killer Croc um, Deadshot, they're all, you know, majority of them are on sort of Batman's wanted list. Whereas Jai Courtney's character, Captain Boomerang, is actually from The Flash. Yeah. So it would be good to see how, if those, if they sort of, you know, by the end of the film, if they've managed to sort of break loose from the government and go off in all the different directions. It's weird to think that they've, DC are essentially using a team film to lead into solo films, which is obviously contradicts to what marvel have done where they did solo films that led to a team film um, yeah i just think it's i just think it's really i think it is very different and it'll be interesting to see but what i'm really excited about and only recently i've pe- I've, I've i've picked up on um are the theories concerning the joker i'm getting you, i think you you said before the podcast that you've not heard any about this have you? no yeah tell me tell me what, what someone's so, been saying so basically there's a theory that that turned up on reddit and everyone are like wow, if that was actually true, that would be a brilliant way to do it. Um, which is basically that Jared Leto isn't actually the Joker that you should know. It's actually... Well, I'll, I'll start off... I'm, I'm going to have to put my comic book head on, mate, and just sort of educate you again. Okay, go on. Basically, you, are you aware that at one point in Batman's sort of storyline, Joker actually killed one of the Robins? That Batman did. No, the Joker. The Joker killed one of the Robins. I don't think I did. So basically, there's been been four Robins, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Chris O'Donnell. (laughs) Who else is it? I can't remember the rest of them. (laughs) Joseph Um, Gordon-Levitt. Right, so basically, there was a... 
Oh, Rodney. But- <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> there we go. Forgot him. That's Rodney it. and Delvoy. Yeah, when Delvoy took over. Yeah. Um, anyone who's American or outside of England is just like, huh? Yeah. Um, look it up. Yeah, look it up. You educate yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically, there was a Robin called Jason Todd, and he got basically tortured to death by um, the Joker and was beaten That's to death with a, with a crowbar. Mm-hmm. Um, which in the trailer, if you if you check the trailer again, you'll see the Robin outfit and there's actually a bar in his hands, in the model's hands. Mm. Um, the theory is that in Suicide Squad, that the, the Joker isn't actually the, the Joker that Batman first faced. It's actually Jason Todd who's become so insane and the Joker didn't kill him, but the Joker basically tortured him into an, in, an insane state that he has now become the Joker and he's taken up that mantle. Ah, um, so Jared Leto is actually Jason Todd and not the Joker. No, he he is the Joker, just like, you know, Bruce Wayne became Batman. Like, Jason, oh, Jason Todd. Jason Origins. Todd is, yeah, Jason Todd has now become the Joker. That's a theory. But if it's true... That is absolutely brilliant because essentially they're not following on because we've seen the Joker twice now. You know, both played by brilliant actors and both did wonderful jobs with it. So the case is, how do you adjust? How do you tweak an iconic character like that? And we've already seen that the guy is tattooed up to the nines. He's got grills in his teeth. More, more notably, as well, that the theory is that. Those teeth were removed by the previous Joker. Like he got beaten, you know, beaten that badly, he had to get new teeth put in. Mm-hmm. But what's even more interesting as well, with the, the links to the theory in a recent, um, the recent Batman game that came out. Um, spoilers for anyone that's not completed yet. Basically, do you know it's called the Arkham Knight? Yeah. So the Arkham Knight eventually is revealed to be Jason Todd, right? And through the game, there's flashbacks of Jason Todd being tortured by the Joker, and he. Um, burns a J into his cheek and if you look on the picture of Jared Leto there is actually a J on the Joker's cheek is there? there's also a broken a ring a robin with broken wings on his on his arm and I just think it's a really interesting idea what if he became so demented and you know wanted to hide his scars that he got from the Joker to such a degree that he just got covered in tattoos um have you just ruined the whole film no, well, well, I don't know. You know, it's not my fault. It's the, you should honestly, mate. You need to go on Reddit and find this theory, and because the detail in it is really, really interesting. Um, but I just think that's a really clever idea, and I'd, I'd actually that excites me a little bit more to see it. Um, obviously, we know that Batman turns up in Suicide Squad in the trailer that we saw. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if you know Dawn of Justice will lead onto that or. There's going to be indications that, you know, Batman knows who the Joker is, stuff like that. Um, and again, it's just a very new and exciting sort of representation of who the Joker could be. Um, and let's face it as well, the great thing about all the DC films that you can't sort of, that Marvel still can't compete against is that they've always got their villains right. You know, yeah. as, bad as, as bad as Man of Steel was near the tail end of it, Michael Shannon was a brilliant villain. Yeah. It's true. You know, they've they've never gone wrong with bad guys. Tom Hardy is Bane, Heath Ledger is the Joker, Liam Neeson is as Ra's al Ghul, spoilers. Um <laughs> But you know, they've always managed to tip the box. Green Lantern is as terrible it was as as it was. Mark Strong was actually a good um Sinestro who turned who, who if the series would have carried on would have been a good villain as well. Um but yeah, it's just just an interesting idea that I'm quite 
intrigued about and more excited for Suicide Squad because of it. I hope um, I forget all about that by the time I see it. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be a complete surprise. Mate, we should we should go and see it together. And just before I go in, I'm just like, Ross, just have a listen to this before you go in, mate. Just, I'll be like, just no. Uh, just to refresh you to forget about it. <laughs> um, but we're going to go on to more serious villains now. Um, because the trailer, well, and more up-to-date news, thankfully. Because the trailer for Black Mass, a new one, came out um, yesterday. Showing Johnny Depp as White Bulger. And what could be is sort of jumping back onto the onto the straight and narrow path that he's, he's managed to stray from with his previous films that have been pretty shocking, if we're honest. Um, but as Ross pointed out, it appears to have the entire cast from Hollywood um, <laughs> in the film. What did you make of it, mate? Because you've just watched they, it before this podcast. They have literally cast everyone. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know any actors not in it. Um, but all jokes aside, I think it's great. I've, I've been in love with this film since I saw the first trailer. So I hope I've got really high expectations now of it. But this, I like it that this trailer focuses more on everyone else and not just Johnny Depp, because um, there seems to be m- many more people in this than I originally thought. The guy, I forgot his name now. The guy who's in House of Cards, he's in Ant Man, Ball Guy. Um, I really like him. Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll, that's it. He seems to be in everything now. And if anyone's not seen House of Cards, you should definitely watch it. Um, yeah. He's as much as Space and Robin Wright are great. Like, he's really good as well. Um, and then yeah, so like coming back sure is great. Um, it just I think, but there's something about it. It obviously screams Oscar bait. But yeah. if you look at Johnny Depp, look, we, we always say this about John, about Johnny Depp. All these stupid characters he plays. I'm sure it must be fun. I'm sure he gets paid pay loads of money to do it. So you know, congratulations. But. <laughs> Everyone's like, come on, just play a normal role because you're actually a really good actor. Yeah. And as much as as much as Jack Sparrow is really good and everyone loves the first one, do you really need to play him five, six times? Or do you really need to play Ch- Ch- uh, Willy Wonka in Chock Factory? Like, just or different like, variations he, he of it straight. He's really good. Yeah, like really good. I think it's got Oscars written all over it, in my opinion. Um, and I haven't even seen it yet. But yeah, it just looks great. Even though that last trailer, I thought the soundtrack was a bit funny to it. I'm not sure if it fitted it well, but I did, do have one criticism. But um, yeah, I really liked it. Obviously, it gave away everything. <laughs> Obviously. Um, <laughs> you know, they should, they should have just played the credits over like the end of it. Um, but yeah, what, what, uh, what did you think? Um, I'm excited for it, just as you are. Um, I think it could be a nice bit of um, redemption for him. Yeah, for us to remember that oh my god, Johnny Depp can actually act, play it, play it serious for for once, mm-hmm. um, and by serious, you know, legit and not flipping transcendence because that film was terrible. Yeah, um, seen it. It's, you're dodging a bullet there, um, <laughs> but I, you know, like you say, everyone seems to be in it, and I'm I'm actually excited as well to see. Um, whereas you're like, oh, Corey Stoll, Joel Edgerton for me is one yep. that sort of sticks out purely because. He's been... He's, he's always great. He's, he's always, always great. great. I think he's been wasted with a few films. Um, one film that looks really promising that I'm looking forward to seeing when it comes out next month. Well, I think it's it'll be next week. Um, is The Gift. Yeah, it's um, good. With him, Rebecca Hall um, and Jason Bateman. Um, that he, you know, he stars, writes and directs that film. Um, oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, know yeah. He's, he's, he's covering all bases, man. And wow. I think... Hopefully, the gift will sort of elevate him 
to the point where when Black Mask hits screens, they'll be like, oh my God, it's that guy. You know, he's he's a very capable sort of sort of actor and he's not yeah. he's definitely not in enough. Um you know, the the one thing the one film that sticks out for sort of I imagine sort of the average Joe when it comes to films is uh, Warrior. Yeah. Um yeah. which he you know, he did a really good job in. Opposite yeah. Tom Hardy, he's he's a he's a guy that, you know, you, you you should struggle with, really, but he sort of holds his own. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And I, you're, you're right; it has got Oscar bait all over it. Um, but in terms of going, speaking of actors that you know you're wishing would sort of redeem themselves, yeah. Are there any sort of? I'm gonna catch you off guard now. But are there wow. any actors you can think of where you were like, "I'm so glad you did this because it's you know we've been waiting Ooh. that while that that." that long for for you to get in a role like any sort of redeeming performance you can think of for an actor you didn't bear think had me. it in them bear <laughs> with me i'm not going to go with the with, with the obvious matthew mcconaughey but like I, I don't think anybody thought he was that good until he started until the mcconnaissance mcconnaissance kicked in I'm trying to think if I'm not like somebody that sticks out in my head is Tom Cruise because I'm a huge Tom Cruise fan, right. and I think like apart from a few of his films, I enjoy every single one of them. But obviously, there's a couple like Night and Day, which you just won't even get into. But <laughs> obviously, he does these big blockbuster, huge films, action films, and they're all really entertaining. But he's actually a, re- a really good actor. If you look at stuff like Collateral. Yeah, it's brilliant, and I know that. Well, was, not even what, there. Like further back, like Rain Man and oh yeah, like Magnolia, and July and stuff. Like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Like he's actually brilliant. I think people, because he's Tom Cruise, people forget about that. So I don't know for a specific film, you know, because he hasn't done one recently. Because actually, was going back to what two thousand and four now. Oh, it's a really good question, Stan. Well, um, you know, I'll try and throw them out for you, mate. Yeah, Just have you got any one? Um. Oh, I, I asked the questions. I don't answer them, man. Um, <laughs> um, I think... I feel like um, Nicolas Cage has still got a good film in him. Yeah. And even with the trash that he turns up in, you know, like Left Behind and just mm-hmm. any sort of DVD film that you see him in where you're thinking, yeah. what are you doing? Um, apparently the- Joe is supposed to be really good. And really? it came out sort of the same time around as Mud, mm-hmm. um, and apparently it's it's quite it's you know it's worth a watch. Um, but I haven't seen him. I'm. It's weird. He's one of those people where you think, okay, you can carry on doing crap films. We'll accept it. But I because I know you've got one, you've got one sort of tucked away, and I'm just waiting for that sort of turnout. Because yeah. I think you know his 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 job in um, Kick Ass was brilliant, far back as it was. Um, that was one where I was like, here he is, he's back. Like, where have you been? You know what I mean? It was it was a really good role for him. That, I think that perfect balance of slightly odd, but very watchable um, in what he, what he delivered. One person as well that I think still has something left in him, um, even though he seems to be sticking to one particular genre, is Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the Taken films are done now. Let's face it. He's he's done. He's he's made all the phone calls he can make. Um, it's time to hang up. Just get get back to the, the you know this guy was Oscar Schindler. 
and you did an amazing job with it. So where where is that? Where is that good role that you've got sort of stored that that needs to come out? Um, That's true. This is, I, I like this topic. I had oh, I had someone. I've forgotten them. Why have I forgotten them? Oh, um, you're that kid at school, weren't you? Oh, it was like me, uh, Miss, 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 me. No, what was no, it, uh, oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Adrian Brody. Yeah, actually, yeah, not yeah. Good stuff good like the pianist. He's brilliant. You think actually, like what? Has, has he done much recently? Like, obviously, he's done much, but anything that you think, oh, I'm gonna actually sit down and watch it properly. I'm not sure he has, and he's really good. He is good. He's one. Um, he's doing a film with uh, John Cusack and Jackie Chan. Yeah. Oh, is he? Um, yeah, it's really odd. It's called Dragon Blade, where he plays like um, a sort of tyrannical emperor. Um, speaking of John Cusack, actually, um, I saw the Beach Boys film that he was in. Oh, yeah, um, with Paul a few weeks Dano. Ago. Um, have you seen it? No, I saw a trailer for it. Was it good? Yeah, Love and Mercy. Um, you know, I'm not a massive Beach Boys fan. Don't know if I've told you. Um, <laughs> so I'm not really sure about the history of it. But I, I was completely oblivious to sort of the ordeal that guy went through. Um, for those that don't know, it's about Brian Wilson, who is basically the core little member of the Beach Boys who wrote some amazing um, songs for the group. And it's it sort of flashes backwards, back and forth between his younger years, who's played where he's played by uh, Paul Dano, who's great in everything, and then uh, to, to the more recent years of uh, where he's played by John Cusack, and he's very much a sort of detached, socially awkward um, individual. Basically, he's struggling with the sort of his mental condition, and he's being completely done over by. Um, uh, Eugene Landy, who's the doctor that's sort of watching over and played by Paul Giamatti. And it's, it is, a, you know, through the whole film, I was like, it's so good to see him back, like, on a big screen, in a good film, John Cusack, like, really, it's a very nice film. It's, it's, it's quite sort of unsettling and yeah. uncomfortable to watch at times. But he's, you know, it's like... the. He, he's clearly capable of doing a very good performance when he wants to and just getting yeah. that right film. And I think that was a really strong example of that. Um, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, it's worth a watch, man. I imagine it will pop up on like Netflix and stuff. You know, the sort of good gems that sort of yeah. go straight to, to um, instant video, which is a bit annoying. But yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, um, so some, just one more that I had in my head is uh, Adam Sandler. I knew you were going to mention him. Yeah, you were going to say Rain Over Me, weren't you? Rain Over Me, it's still just a brilliant film, and I still haven't seen Punch Drunk Love. But well, neither of us have seen Pixels, but I think we're definitely going to avoid that. Um. <laughs> yeah, but he he is he can be really good, and I I, I like some of his comedies. I don't like all of them, but a lot of them I do like. I think well, again, to a certain he, date, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But when he plays it straight, like and serious, he is really good. It's a shame yeah. he doesn't do more of it. Well, apparently he's done the cobbler. The cobbler comes out as well this week, but that's not particularly impressive. Um, but oh well. Uh, but moving on, um, we're going to go to films that we've actually managed to see. Yes. Um, and coming as if by magic, Ross, by the sounds of things, has in, had more films embedded in his face whilst we've been away um, than usual. What have you seen, mate? Oh, I've seen. Like, I'm just going to. I'll read out all of them and we'll talk about a few of them. <laughs> I probably forgot a few as well. Is it like is it like back when you were a kid when you were doing pogs? Like got, got, need, got, need, yeah, need, got. It literally was. And it, I've just gone for all genres as well. Um 
Fury, The Strangers, Devil Wears Prada. Watched that. Wow. What, missed for the first time? Missed, yeah, missed the beginning, though. I watched, oh, like, right. three quarters of it. Um, Saving Mr. Banks, Pride, Southport, Inside Out. I'm trying to think what else. Finished Daredevil. Um, True Detective up to date. Yeah, I've been on it. <laughs> been on it. What about you? I thought you teacher. Specific... <laughs> yeah, before you get into... But, yeah. Um, but out of all of them, the one that I enjoyed the most would either be Saving Mr. Banks or Pride. Really? Maybe because Fury is quite a tough watch. Yeah. Tougher than I thought it would be. Uh, it was a really good film. But um, Saving Mr. Banks, I cried for near enough the last half hour. That was really good. And then right. Pride was... Pride's brilliant. If anyone hasn't seen Pride, definitely go and see it. For like a good British film. Great. What's it, what's it about, fella? So it's about um, in the 80s when uh, during the miners' strike there's um, a group of, uh, le- uh, there's a lesbian gay society. They set up kind of a, a support group for the miners because they think they're going through the same, the same kind of hell that they're going through with obviously the police and the government. Um, however, obviously people weren't quite open to people being gay back then. The miners, right. especially the group that they got involved with, which were in, uh, I think, Southern Wales, um, they, there was obviously some conflict and a bit of friction. So, and in the end, like, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's a true story as well. I'm not sure how true, but it's based on a true story. And right. It's just got a bit of everything. It's, it's, it's quite a feel-good film. It's also a bit sad at times. Some brilliant performances as well. You've got people like Bill Nye, Paddy Constantine. I've forgotten the main guy's name. He's Ben something. He's American in ben real Schnetz- life. Ben Schnetzer? Schnetzer, yeah, that's it. He's in the Riot Club, I think, as well. And he's American in real life. But there's a brilliant... He lives in London in the film, but... He's got like northern accent, and you'd never think he's, he was American. Really? Um, the guy that, yeah, the guy born that, in New York. Sorry? Born in New York. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the guy who reminds me of you so much, who's in all of This Is England films. Uh, Joseph Gilgan. Yeah, he's great. He's always great. Um, he's yeah, going to be in Preacher, and it's the it? perfect role for him, mate. I can't, honestly, I can't wait to see him in it. I'm so excited. Wow, um, that's cool. Speaking of, have you seen the This Is England 90 trailer? No, I haven't. I haven't. It came out, last week, came out yesterday and it looks absolutely brilliant. It's actually made me want to rewatch from like the, fil- the first film onwards. Um, it just looks brilliant. It looks really, really good. Uh, but yeah, Pride, I've, I've mi- I missed it, but I'm, I, I would actually give it a go. It's pretty good. I'd recommend it. I'd recommend it. But um, something else that obviously. Uh, the strangers you recommended to me yes i was gonna ask how did you handle it mate uh i was i watched it at night just by myself <laughs> it was it was good it's quite it's, it's not the happiest of films is it not really like, there's no, no redemption from it it's just no. you're sitting through an hour and a half two hours of fun terror <laughs> yeah um but do you know what i actually quite like that because you're waiting for the i'm not going to ruin it but you're waiting for a little bit of light in the film it just never happened <laughs> um, and yeah it did make me jump a few times especially one bit um, the bit where we can talk about spoilers because it's quite yeah, old um, the bit where obviously there's a few jumpy bits where she looks out the windows and then like, the master just there Yeah. and it's always the slower bits that I think are better so the, the, well, the first bit where you see one of the strangers she's in the kitchen and he just appears yeah. in the background I think it's brilliantly done but then there's a bit where she's in like the cabinet and it's about halfway through the film, and one of them walks in to the lounge. She's watching him, and then he doesn't realise she's there and walks out. 
and then she thinks she's all in the clear and from nowhere just this other person just appears in front of like the camera and that, it was just it was just like one of those you know it's going to happen in, in a horror film yeah one of those jumps um and that really shook me up the thing is that's <laughs> so, the great that's the great thing about some horror directors though there are there are checklists of, yes. of scares that you think that is inevitable i'm ready for uh, you know i know when it's they go happen. into a bathroom and they open up the cabinet with the oh mirror, god it? yeah why <laughs> so, but the thing is they either do it or they do it tongue-in-cheek so they just put a scene in so it, so not to do it so yeah. everyone's bracing themselves and there's yeah. nothing there and then they do it. <laughs> you're like, oh, I knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah. It's just got to be yeah. fun. It is frustrating. Or the, um, just just a general door creaking, really. Not, it's yeah. not needed. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's house is that old. <laughs> True. And, no, and it's always the music plan. Somebody puts a vinyl on. Like, come on. It was 2004 when this was released. Who's going to have a vinyl? Like, oh, just. Yeah. The couple are really indie. They're like, oh, we've got this new vinyl. We've got this yeah. new, um, Deck. we'll try it out You're like do you have to it's a horror film did you not know <laughs> um, but yeah I mean it's a great film if anyone's not seen it um, it's got Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman in, and it's just about this couple that go back to their house and have their house invaded basically it's a, it's a delightful home invasion film yes uh, not film. one for all the family at all <laughs> um, but we're going to go for a bit more up to date because Ross yes. has taken a few a few more visits to the cinema as well. Um, I have. One film that I want to know your opinion on because you were buzzing about it ever since it got announced was Jake Gyllenhaal in Southpaw. Now, yeah. I've not seen it. I was going to see it last week. Didn't have the time. But is it worth my time is the question, Mr. Siegel. I think it is. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Um, it's not Rocky. It's, still, it's not. <laughs> it's still my favourite boxing film. Um, but what I like about it is that it kept close to like the actual sport. I think there's, there's can be so many boxing films. It could go for other sports as well, where you think, wait, wait, as a sports fan, that doesn't happen. That will right. never happen. And I like it that they actually show you things that would happen and the way that some people are, you know, w- within that sport. And that's good. But as an actual for film, e- for example, for example, what would say go on in a tra- changing room about the boxers, like stuff like hand wrapping. Or right, stuff okay. of, say, the promoter's role um, for for their fighters and, you know, the business side of it. Or if you look at actually, say, in the ring, like what the referees would do. Or just little things. Like, like nobody, if I wanted to, it did this once or twice, but not loads. If you look at a lot of the Rocky films or a lot of other boxing films, they do, people like hit each other with these massive punches that you think in real life. You're going to get knocked out. That wouldn't actually happen doing it. You have one. I have one. You have one. Yeah. And this one, it happened here and there, but they make it as part of the storyline because Jake Hill's character is a boxer who like, like, he doesn't like to be here, but it gets him going. And that's right. what makes him good. He, like, he can take a beating and then give it back. Right. Um, no about yeah. how hard you can get hit. Keep <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, no, I, it was quite a tough watch at times. It's not a very happy film, right? Um, so, and, so you've you've managed to for the past five minutes of speaking, nice to describe what happens with the plot. Um, so, just yeah. for those the the missing the uninformed, sorry. Um, what's what's the story? So the story is Jake Gyllenhaal plays a guy called Billy Hope, and he's it's not rags to riches story because we start off and he's a world champion and he's undefeated as well, right? And then. His life turns upside down. We've all probably seen it in the trailer. I'm not going to say what happens. Don't do it. Don't do it, right? I'm not going to say what happens. And he, he's, he goes back to the bottom. 
like his life falls apart and right. he, he loses he, he loses his money, loses his daughter, his daughter gets taken away from him and he has to try and win them all back. And obviously it's, it's a boxing film, you know that is there's also gonna be one final fight. Okay. So but to help him out, he then goes to a new trainer called who is Forrest Whitaker and they start having a, building a relationship together and it just goes from there. Um and also you're in the cinema, you're watching it thinking, when is the training montage? That's so, so all anyone wants to see in a boxing film. And there is a training montage. It's not Rocky Three where he's in a vest running on a beach all, all oiled up. But it's, it's a good one. It's, it's more like the fighter. It's quite under, uh, understated. Okay. Um, I actually think that's quite a good recent boxing film to compare it to. I'm not sure which one I'd prefer. Probably put the fighter just above it. But this one, yeah, this, this one was pretty good as well. I, I definitely recommend it. I did see somebody, I think it was Robbie Collins, um, review of it and he was saying he really wanted it to go there's certain plot points that come and go and he thought he would 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 have preferred them the story and his character to go towards those plot points rather than the last fight at the end okay i'm honest if i go and see a boxing film i want to go and see some boxing yeah so but i definitely recommend it it's pretty good it's just a shame that a lot of it was ruined in um in the trailer but he is rachel mccadams is really good it's just shame she's not in it for ages for whatever reason. For whatever reason. <laughs> but Jake Gyllenhaal is great in it. He's, he's really good. It's proper yeah. believable. Is it's it, good. will you agree that the one thing I've read a lot of is the fact that he is actually a, a the best actor in a film that's not as good as he is? Like, he's he's really, he sort of really drags yeah. the film. Like, everyone else is, uh, well, I haven't heard much of Rachel McAdams, but, um, but it's a very it's a very mild film and he he's the one that elevates it. Yeah, I've got to admit, I think Rachel McAdams is good in everything she does. And she is really good. But he is, the film is him. Like, he's the film. I get right. what you mean. Without him, or if he wasn't as good, the film wouldn't be as good. And that's yeah. true. Like, it is, he is really good. And he, lifts, he definitely lifts, uh, lifts the film. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, right, we're going to go on to a film that we've both seen. Another rarity yeah. real good is that, that we have a recent film that both of us have seen we can both talk about. Yeah. Um, and one that I am not ashamed to admit that I blubbed like a small child over when I went to see uh, Pixar's latest effort, uh, Inside Out. Um, Ross, am I, am I alone in this? <laughs> Say that again. Am I alone in this, in admitting that I, I shed a bit of a tear to, to Inside Out? There was, there was one part. I don't want to ruin it for people. I, but... Right, I'll say no more because I know exactly what I'm about. Um, okay. But for those that may have missed it, um, this is Pixar's... Gr- recent and just remarkable film that they've done um, about a girl that is moving to San Francisco and we get an inside look at the emotions that are controlling how she reacts to to basically the world around her. Um, Now, one thing that I wanted to point out, and I think, I don't know if Ross, you'll agree with me, what I think is sort of the biggest success of this film is how... Much, how difficult it is to explain to someone, and yet how simple they tell the story. Yeah, everything consists yeah, in the emotions that that humans go through, that people go through. Pixar have managed to make a kids' film out of it, which is just insane. Yeah, like as soon as it starts, you're like, "This is brilliant!" Like, because I, I, you know, I, I, I went with my, I went with my girlfriend when we went to see it, and she's actually um, a psychologist. He was really interested to see how they've done it. Yeah. For those that for those that haven't seen it, so there's there's five is it five emotions? There's joy, sadness, disgust, fear, and anger. 
Yeah. And they all control this girl, Riley. And, you know, if she has a moment where she's angry, she'll get a, she'll get an angry memory. So the memory will be red. And basically their, their, their office, which is called, actually called headquarters, is surrounded by all these different coloured marble, marbles, marble-like memories um, that sort of pile up. But then at the end of the day, it'll all go off into, like, into like the back room, basically. And it's just just the journey that these emotions go on that also reflect the journey that Riley's going through. It's just, it's just amazing. Like I can't, without sounding like any sort of pun, I genuinely can't wrap my brain around it because it's just, it is such a difficult story to tell and they've told it so brilliantly. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shut up for a second because I'm just going to gush over it for ages. But Ross, take over, <laughs> man. What did you think when you saw I was, it? Well, I was going to say, the, the thing that stuck out to me after I'd seen it is that most... Pixar films for me is like sixty percent for the kids, forty percent for the adults. Yeah, this one felt like sixty percent for the adults, forty percent for the kids. Yeah, like if I was a kid, I'd still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think I would enjoy it as much as my mum or dad taking me to see it. Where I think with the other films is the other way around. I thought it was, it was just as you said, really complex but really simple. And yeah, that's what was great about it. And obviously, like most Pixar films, it pulls at heartstrings, all the right parts, yeah, all the right moments. And it was just, it was just a really brilliant watch. Um, made you laugh at some points too. And there was no, and there was no bits where you think, because oh, sometimes in really complex films, they try to simplify it. You think that's a bit of a plot hole. That's a bit weird. Even yeah, in animation, that's not worked out, sort of thing. No, no, not at all. Um, and yeah, and I took, I, I went with my girlfriend as well, who is a primary school teacher and she was really interested about it as well yeah about what goes on in, in the child's head um did what, what did your girlfriend think of it being a psychologist she, she was she was really interested in saying that if she if she works with kids she would show this to them really? like yeah and i think i think what's great about it is i, I listened to um sarah cox recently interviewed amy polar who plays joy yeah um a couple of weeks back it was a good while before the film came out and she basically said how she was amazed that when it's very rare for her for her she took went with the daughter sarah cox did mm-hmm. and she said it was very rare to walk out of a cinema and my daughter was asking so many questions about it just yeah. going mom you know i did this the other day and i was really angry about it was that anger doing it to me like you know, it's obviously mm. it's where we're obviously a parent will have to tell the kid no it's not true but at the same time i think it's so not not just wonderfully explained, but with this such a such a that that classic sort of Pixar heart that we've seen through so many films, you know, Toy Story, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, that they've lost recently in truth. Let's face it, you know, Cars Two and Brave, Monsters University really didn't really hit the mark that that Pixar has have established themselves with for so many years, and they've come back with just a film that. I think I think I genuinely think people should just watch out of sort of establish. I don't know, just a film that speaks to everyone, and everyone needs to watch it at some point in their like when when you're sat down thinking of a film to watch and you've got you can't think of anything to see with all the family. That is a film you need to watch because it's just so, it says so much and with so little, and it's such a like we keep saying it's such a complex complicated subject matter to go on and they've done it just brilliantly yeah and you know ross as ross said there there's a moment that we won't spoil but that that part for me i 
<laughs> like just thinking about it, mate, like really proper got to me because I was just like, it's that whole idea of, of growing up. And, you know, the, the story is that Joy, the sort of head of HQ, is so keen to keep Riley happy where as the story progresses, it, it picks, you know, the film sort of sends that message. You've, you need, you can't be happy all the time, mm. but that doesn't need to say it's wrong for, to not be. And I just think it's, I just think it's brilliant. And screw it, I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. I genuinely mm. think Richard Kind's Bing, Bing Bong is probably yeah. one of the best, best characters in a kids' film I've seen in years. Mm. You know, I've ne- and and to say just a, for just a short amount of time that he's present in that film, yeah, just sticks with you. Like it will stick with me for a good while. I, just, I can't I can't recommend it enough. Um, it's good that now I know we were, we were both talking about the same. Oh day. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I mean as well, and that's that's a point for you to go for me to not even mention something. But yeah, I just you know films come along for for kids where you know you have like I don't know become a phenomenon really. You know, like Frozen, where. Yeah. It doesn't really have a great... Well, I personally don't think it's as good as everyone sort of made out. And the message is a bit squiffy on, in part. But I think Inside Out is just the most informative and imp- one of the most important kids' films you should see. Like, yeah. it's up there with The Lion King and Bambi and Toy Story. No, it's just... it's it's You need to take your kids to see this and you you and... You know, you no matter what what age, you'll come away with something. Yeah, um, definitely recommended. What what I found interesting what? that it was the one of the first Pixar films that didn't get to the top of the box office in its opening weekend. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. But I think that's mainly because I think I think it was more to do with the American market and Jurassic Park. But yeah. it would probably be seen as one of the best. Oh, easily. So, yeah. I think it's I I think it's up there. Like, what's your what's your favorite Pixar film? See, I, I haven't seen absolutely all of them because I haven't seen probably the best ones. Things like Wally and Up, I've still got to see. Right. But I don't think you can look past Toy Story, and that's the no. first one. No, you're right. I think I think you're right there. Um, yeah. What, what's what's yours? Oh, I don't know. You know, it's it's. I'm a bit of a tie between um, Finding Nemo and Toy Story Three. Oh, Toy Story 3. Yeah, you see what I mean? Because Interesting. The, the, the great thing about, I mean, the thing with Toy Story is that it's my it's a favourite, but it's purely because the first, it's the first Pixar film I ever saw. And obviously it's Pixar's first film. Um, like, I remember going to see that with my dad um, on a Sunday at half ten in the morning. I can remember the time. And I remember walking out that film going, that was absolutely amazing because it was something that we'd never seen before, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Admittedly, when I remember when I remember going to see Toy Story two, and as much as many as many people think that's their favourite, that's the best of the bunch. I don't really agree. I don't think it's as good as everyone makes it makes out. Mm. Um, but Toy Story three, purely because they did the impossible with it, which is they made a good third film. You know, it could have easily just been a cash in. but yeah. it's it's another you know it's another sort of. Um, Strong indicator of, of Pixar's deal with sending such a great message of, I think with that, it's about letting go. Yeah. Um, you know, and accepting that, you know, times change. Yeah. And it's, it, it's weird. It's like a very, a very heavy sort of message to send, but it's, it's done so brilliantly. 
and you know I haven't watched it in, in ages since I saw it at the cinema twice I think um, but make Woody and Buzz fall into that like lava pit near the end sure and you think oh, this is it this is the end absolutely breaks me mate I remember watching it going they cannot end this film like that they can't mm. <laughs> I refuse um, and then they go for the just the second the sort of one two punch with um, Andy sort of driving off and and Woody like see you around partner I was oh gosh man kills kills um, but Inside Out easily should should go up to the top of that list um, yeah and if anyone hasn't seen it by all means do so um, I think we're going to close it there mate aren't we yep yep I think, I think, yeah that's everything Ross has just Ross has just said yep for the past 20 minutes um, <laughs> he's just got a rant um, but if it ain't broke uh, <laughs> we will be back whenever we can um, with a podcast uh, if you'd like to tweet us or give us any sort of uh, comments about what you've heard or what you've heard through the filmic grapevine send us a few words at real good tweets um, if you want to discuss favourite boxing montages uh, there's only one man you can go to and it's Ross Siegel at at Ross underscore Siegel still S-E-G-A-L and if you um, want to chat with me you don't have to but it's, it'd be nice if you did. Um, <laughs> just in you, case you just, just in case um, you can tweet me at Nick Sanifors but for now we shall bid you farewell thank you very much for listening and we'll see you sometime soon take care folks see you later